we are back. Welcome back to DearWokeChristian.com podcast. My name is Jason, and I'm your host. I'm the author and writer of Dear Woke Christian. It is a blog, an open letter blog to Christians, those who are in the woke Christian movement who need help, who don't understand that they are in a aberrant religious ideology under the disguise of being Christian. So I wrote Dear Woke Christian to continue the conversation, to provoke a conversation, to help people see that what we've embraced as critical race theory, social justice, and Black Lives Matters, and all of its ilk are not biblical ideas. So today we're going to go back to my good friends over at Woke Preacher Clips because they put up a barn burner yesterday. And this gentleman, his name is Bishop Horace Smith. He's a medical doctor. He's also a pastor of the Apostolic Faith Church in Chicago. And the things he says in this short four-minute video cannot go unchecked. And I really want us to look at it, listen to it, and see if we can figure out what in the world this gentleman is talking about. So um, I'm going to try something. I'm going to just see if we can get it to play through to the video, uh, get the video to play through, and we're going to just listen to the audio. The gentleman, there's nothing to see here necessarily. He's just a gentleman speaking. So we'll let that slide. I'm a pediatrician. I was involved with one of the world's foremost leader development teams. You know them by name recently. And one of the one of the perks of me being involved with them, we were able to play golf at Pebble Beach. Those who are golfers know Pebble Beach is like the pinnacle of playing golf. And here's this black boy from the ghetto, Horace Smith, playing golf at Pebble Beach. I just want to take a quick stop right, right here. He's going to say something, some more pretty outlandish things. But the idea that we continually see ourselves as nothing less or nothing more rather than little black boys and little black girls from the ghetto, from broken families, so on and so forth, that has to stop. Uh, it can be true, but if that's all you see yourself as, I mean, the man is a doctor. He's a bishop. I mean, he, he's done so many other things, but he only sees himself as a little black boy from the ghetto. To me, that's, that's limiting in itself. Like, Don't do that. I don't think anybody would worry or be concerned if he didn't present himself to say, hey, I'm just here. I'm a doctor. I'm a, I'm a pastor. I'm here. You don't have to dig that up because, you know, we never do that with white people. Just making a point. And one of my card partners happened to be a very nice white gentleman who shared with me he and his group were committed to adopting black children to make sure they, they would have a better life. And I lost it on that card. And I had to repent. Because I lost it. I was angry at him. Okay, I'm going to let you digest that. He's on the cart with another gentleman. He's a white man. He's a prosperous white man. The white man says that him and his group 
are doing everything they can to adopt black children. And Pastor Hor Pastor Smith is not having it. He's upset. He's angry. He's mad. He even said he needed to repent afterwards. So, all right, here we go. Here's a white man who's doing good. I was angry at him. I said to him, why is it that white people have to adopt black kids? That is an insult to me. All right, here we go. Just ask yourself, just ask yourself, why is it offensive to this man if a white person adopts a black child? Why is that offensive to him? Well, it's not offensive to me. I see it as a child that's not in the system. That's not going to be in foster care. That's in a family that cares about him and loves him. I, I don't understand. Why is that offensive to him that the, a person with less melanin adopts a child with more melanin? Would he care if a family that was black adopted a white kid? I, this, this level of self-hatred, because truly I think he's mad at himself. Because I never hear him say, and I've, I've gone through a couple of his, his um, interviews. I don't hear him saying that he's adopted any children. He has three natural born daughters. Why didn't, he, why didn't he adopt some children? Why are you upset that white people adopt children? He's projecting in my opinion. Because you adopting them may help that kid, but it justifies the hundreds of thousands who are not going to be helped. And I'm sick and tired of it. And I said, Horace, what happened to you? Okay. He goes on and, and he, he jumps, man. This, this four minutes literally seems like it was mashed together because he's about to jump in another direction. But I got a question. Okay. So you help one person. So this white man helps this black child or his group is helping black kids by adopting them. Why is that a bad thing? And because there's other kids that are not, they can't adopt every child on the earth. So because they can't adopt every child, they shouldn't adopt one child. I, maybe I'm missing it. Maybe I don't understand it. It's possible. I don't get it, but he's going to finish. And I realized that until good white people began to speak up and, and speak out against the inherent racism because in this year of COVID, hundreds of thousands of black kids who are already behind the eight ball educationally are going to lose even more and going to be justifiably ostracized because of good white people saying they couldn't cut the mustard. I, I, I don't even know how that jumped from this gentleman is adopting white, black children. His group wants to adopt black children to now they're responsible for poor outcomes because of COVID. Not because schools were closed, not because of the duress that we put on teachers and the duress we put on families and children, but because of inherent racism. Again, this is a classic example of everything is racist. And I do want you to keep a tab. So we started out with golf story, then we went into adoption, and now we're talking about COVID. Watch how many conversations he gets, how many topics he touches in this four minute clip. That's a lie. If you create an environment, I can put the kids from Maneka right here in Phillips High School, and the outcome will be the same. It's got nothing to do 
with the ethnicity or the racial background of these people is because well then that doesn't doesn't that refute what you've been saying if you can put kids if kids just need to have high standards you can take kid from a one side of town put them in another in school another side of town what does it matter if they came from a family that was adopted white or black what does that matter and see this is a the the narrative that seems to get a pass and we allow it and we must stop we must say no this doesn't work and i do want to just make a little caveat a little side note here since i am talking to my audience is directly christians we were adopted by by god through christ don't you see the 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 similarity god chose us and elected and adopted us into his family how dare a pastor slap somebody on the hand because they adopt people they 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 want to adopt children how how odd is that? What a what a weird way to address something that's so wonderful and and it's a a natural example of what happens to us when Christ died for us and adopted us into His family. Then to say, well, a white man can't adopt a black kid, so the black kid needs to stay over. You can't get chosen. That wasn't what Christ did for us. Just seems weird. Cause we're fighting against a system that is wretchedly, inherently unjust, and it needs to be dismantled. All right, so we, we're, doing, we're doing buzzwords. I should have played CRT bingo on this one because uh, systems, inherently racist, dismantled. I, mean, I could have got bingo off of this guy almost. And again, what does this have to do with his initial starting point of children being adopted? Because he's already jumped two, and he's about to jump a few more. And we still got two minutes left. So buckle in. A band-aid ain't gonna help. And so if we don't as the church who's against abortion, but ensures that the penitentiaries I feel I, and he's about to, you know, he's about to state that, you know, schools, I'm sorry, that states build more penitentiaries. And I agree, man, there's there's some issue with that. But he literally just said the church, we we are against abortion, and he made this this humongous jump all the way to penitentiaries. He just skipped adoption altogether. It, it's like it doesn't even exist. But he had just started talking about it. How did how did you do that? You started this whole narrative off talking about adoption, but you're not even addressing the inequities in, in adoption. Why does it why does it take so long for people to be able to adopt children? Why does it take thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars? Why? Why is that? That's a shame. But there's so much more that the church could do. Crisis pregnancy, pregnancy counseling. There's so many other things that they could do in order to provide a system that is not just we want you born alive and we don't care about you because a lot of people like to say that about the pro the um the anti-abortion crowd or the pro-life crowd that we don't care about them after they're alive. That's not true. But we could do a whole lot more that I will agree on that. But this gentleman as a pastor literally jumps over that. Doesn't even talk about it. Here we go. Dealt with black and brown young men 
I don't want to hear your gospel because it is not relevant. It's not relevant. All right. This this notion, first of all, whenever somebody says that the gospel is not relevant and you don't need to talk about the gospel um, to address CRT, you don't need to talk about the gospel to address racism or you don't need to talk about the gospel, gospel. I really have a question. First of all, I disagree with that. The gospel is sufficient, period. End of story. Shut the book. Let's take it on to the house. I want to know what is this man's understanding of the gospel? If he's saying that the gospel is not sufficient to help persons who are in jail, the gospel is not sufficient to help those who are dealing with the idea of, of having an abortion, or maybe they need the gospel to help them understand the reason for adoption. I don't know. But this gentleman is saying that the gospel is not sufficient. Something's wrong, either A, with his gospel or B, with his understanding of the gospel, because the biblical gospel is more than sufficient. So when I hear people say this, and I've heard so many preachers in churches say things like this, the God, don't worry about preaching the gospel. You ain't got to preach the gospel. The gospel is not sufficient or something of that flavor. I really wonder, like, what do you understand the gospel to be? You mean explaining to someone that there is a holy God? That at this current moment and in their state, they are his enemy and it will do him great pleasure to crush them in eternity. But through the sacrifice of his son, Jesus Christ, whom he crushed on the cross. That person, by putting their faith in Christ, can be forgiven, can be made right with that God that they at one moment, literally a moment ago were at enmity with, but now they can be friends with and call him father and know that when they pray, he hears them. Wait, that gospel is insufficient? I don't know what gospel you, you're talking about. I don't know what gospel this gentleman's talking about. It is not wrong to be against abortion, but you allow black children to be underfed and uneducated, and I lost it. I gotta stop now. Yeah. See, I'm getting old. He should have stopped a long time ago. So one of the things that CRT does is they like to build, and CRT proponents like to do, is they like to build these straw man caricature houses. Nobody in the church of Jesus Christ wants to see a child mistreated. No real believer does. I'm sorry. No real believer wants to see a single mother struggling. No, no, I, I just refuse to believe it. Nope, I don't believe it. Show me a true believer who doesn't care about the poor, the, the, the elderly, and the fatherless. Show me that. A true believer. Not somebody that's just saying it. Not somebody that's just self-professing, but true believer. The problem is this gentleman and many of us do have this fault. We don't disciple anybody. We're not discipling people and helping them see how the gospel is applicable to their lives. So therefore, people want to see some, for lack of a better term, signs and wonders in, in the world, but they don't want the gospel. 
kind of like those Pharisees. They wanted Jesus to do signs and such. They didn't want to actually listen to what he was saying and definitely didn't want to obey what he was saying. All right, let's finish up. And I'm tired of this piddling trip, trip, trip. Let's get something changed. And I was close by saying this. Uh, I, I have no idea what he means by let's get some change. I have no idea what that is. I, in our denomination, I became the presiding bishop. And under my tenure, I made sure that women could become bishops. Okay. I, I, I have a big problem with that. I don't believe that women should be pastors in Christ's church. We can get back to that on another episode if you want to, but please bring your chapter and verse to explain it. But this gentleman's gone even above that. And he said, they believe that women should be bishops. Um, Okay. Again, I disagree with that, but watch where he goes with this. And I'm going to take it back just a little second. So we can get a little running start, but watch where he goes with this statement about women being bishops. I made sure that women could become bishops. Yeah, and, and, and they said to me, that's because you are a father with three daughters and no sons. I said, no, it's because on the day of Pentecost, he poured out his spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters prophesied. I'm sick of this traditional, cultural, evangelical outlook that is not biblical, whether I went to Deerfield or not. Is irrelevant, and I've gone too far, and I'm gonna stop right here. Uh, again, I think he went too far from the word go. However, this notion that he ordains female bishops because he believes that the day of Pentecost, the spirit was poured out on all flesh, which I, I understand that part. Not a problem there. Peter preached that. In Acts two, I mean, um, in Acts chapter one, certainly understand that part so far. And I have no idea where we, how we got there, because he has three daughters. He violates God's laws relates to women pastoring and now women bishoping, because at Pentecost, I, I really, I, I'm, I might have to do some more research on this gentleman. I've done some, but I might need to do some more just to better understand where he's coming from, and. Because some of this doesn't seem even jointed to the conversation that he's had. Now, if you notice, this has only been four minutes. And we've touched on a lot of different things in that four minutes. I mean, it was kind of like a rambling wreck. And and I the point that I wanted to draw out is that this is a, a, a theme that I've seen in many of these social justice, Black Lives Matter, social, um, critical race theory advocates is that they build these caricatures of the opposing side, whether it be of evangelicalism or um, white Protestantism, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. They just build these really bad examples and their example is oh so much better. And I don't think that in, in this adoption scenario, he didn't even give a solution. He didn't give a solution to the fact that there are kids in adoption um, in the adoption system and in foster care system right now that don't have parents that would want parents and his system, his solution is that white folk better not adopt them. That was his solution. 
I, that's what I got from it, at least. But again, like, how is that helping? How is that helping? And how is that reflecting what Christ did for us in adopting us? It doesn't even resemble it. This kind of stuff must be called out. This kind of stuff can't be allowed to slide. And I will put the full clip in um, from Woke Preacher Clip. I'll put the, the link from Woke Preacher Clip as well as a transcript so you can read it that I didn't make up anything. I didn't uh, misrepresent him or any way, shape or form. But I want to encourage you to take the time to compare what people are saying. For example, this gentleman right here, what they're saying in light of God's word. God's word is so much better than what we're making it. It's so much better. Put God's word up against it and see what happens. Put God's word up against it and see which one shines true. And again, I don't know this guy from a can of paint. I'm not saying he's a bad dude. I'm not saying he's horrible or anything like that. But what he said here in this in this clip is not acceptable. And it's just, a, again, a rehash of critical race theory catchphrases and, and ideas that don't really match with reality. And a lot of the time actually are detrimental. For example, white folk better not adopt kids, adopt black kids. Well, hold on, man. So you just would rather them stay in the system? Because I do think it's also interesting that he made that jump from the pro-life argument all the way to the penitentiary. Well, if those children, which, you know, like in the city of New York, more black babies are aborted than are born. And that's a very similar situation in Chicago, where more black babies are aborted than are born alive. So what he's saying is don't abort them and don't adopt them. Let them stay in the foster system. Maybe mom or dad is not able to take care of them. Maybe mom or dad are not um, in, a, in a place to take care of. Let, uh, let the system take care of them until they get to a certain age, and then they're going to end up getting in, going to prison. But if they have a family, whether it be a white family, black family, Asian family, it doesn't matter. I guarantee you those kids just want a mom and dad. And uh, to me, I think this is very troubling, and we have to require better. There's people in this audience clapping as if he had said something profound. No, 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 no. No, no, we don't accept that. And so that's just something I want you to look at. Please feel free to comment. Let me know if I'm off. Let me know. Because I, I'm by no means am I setting myself up as a expert. I'm only somebody, a lay member, a rogue deacon with a Bible. Okay. That's all I am. All right. So you can do this too. And you can compare what these people are saying. And, and I love woke preacher clip because it gives you the transcript. So you can literally go through it yourself and read through it and say, does that make sense? Does that jibe with the Bible? The Bible has to be our final law and authority for all of our doctrine, faith and life morally. So, so do that, hold it up to the scriptures and see does it line up with the scriptures? Because again, if it doesn't line up the scriptures, the teaching must be rejected, not the scriptures. Hey, my name is Jason. This is DearWokeChristian.com podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Please feel free to like, share, and subscribe. Comment down at the bottom. Let me know if you feel like, hey, Jason, that's a little bit too much, man. 
you went a little bit too hard on my man, or maybe you better understand it. Maybe I, I misunderstood what he was saying. And I would love to, to understand it more. So if you have some comments, share them down at the bottom. I'd love to chop it up with you. In the meantime, this is DearWokeChristian.com. My name is Jason. Grace and peace.